This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Hey, Faith Christian Family Church, good to see you again tonight. God bless you. Glad you took time to watch in. Uh, the goal again tonight is to, to feed our faith and to starve our doubts. So that's what our goal is. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to 1 Kings 17. We're, we're going to start with our tithes and offerings first. And so as you're going there, again, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear your prayer request. And thank God this stuff is getting back to normal a little bit here in the next few, few weeks. So we'll give you info leading up on that as, as quick as we can. Bless all of you. Okay, 1 Kings 17. We were here last week, and I want to highlight again that the man of God, Elijah, he was living in a time of, of severe drought and famine. And so God told him, he said, I'm going to provide for you through a, a widow, a woman in a place called Zarephath. So Elijah goes to where this widow's at, and, and he says to her, he said, would you give me a cup of water and a morsel of bread? And her, her reply back to him, he said, or she said, I, I have just enough for one meal left for me and my son, and we're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. Now, we're going to pick up in 1 Kings 17, verse 13. And when she says this, that I just have an, enough for me and my son and we're going to die, uh, Elijah didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know this was the condition or the predicament you were in. I, I should have never came to you. But instead, look at his comment again in verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do what you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. And so again, he gets over to the principle of the first. If you'll just obey what I told you to do. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She obeyed what Elijah had told her to do. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. So something happens when I give God my first. And again, God's, God's economy isn't based on this world. And so the reason that God sent Elijah to do what he did was it wasn't for the woman to bless Elijah. It was for Elijah to bless the woman to teach her that anytime you, you give unto God first, so God will provide, God will take care of you. So the tithe wasn't for God's good, the tithe was for her good. And so just think about this, even if you're down to your last meal, remember you still got a seed. Anything that I can give in this, this uh, measurement is, is a seed for the kingdom of God to move. And so get out that seed, whatever it may look like. And God will bless it, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to give. Lord, we pray your blessings tonight. That you're Jehovah Jireh, you're still the God who provides. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Well, again, I'm so, so honored that you would uh, look at us, watch us tonight on live stream. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And so we're going to dive into this, uh, talking about the, the Word of God, but more so even on my, my confession. You know, it's, it's one thing to confess the name of Jesus. It's another thing is to confess the name of Jesus with faith. And so again, I'm going to highlight tonight confession. We're going to be in Romans 10, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, and then I'll give you some more as time goes on to see how far we get. And so a lot of times when you talk about confession or the words that I speak that come out of my mouth, many people will say this, well, I don't believe in that confession business. Well, let's let the word of God teach us here. Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. And he says in verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So, so the word, God's message. Where was God's word, where was God's message needed to be close to? He specifically said, in my mouth and my heart. And he influenced the word of faith which we preach. So the word of faith is the basis It's the object of faith. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my faith is based on the word of God. If we were to go back in different passages in the Bible, specifically Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, it will say very similar things. It will say, the mouth, the heart, that you may do it. And again, he told uh, Joshua that too. You got to speak the word. You got to meditate on the word. You got to obey the word. So immediately right here in this passage, he gets over the word of God. It must be in your mouth and your heart. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, you will be saved. Now, this is a revelation of, of faith for salvation. What was the revelation of faith for salvation? That you must Confess with your mouth, and you must believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. Who would be saved? The one who confesses with his mouth and believes with his heart. So, without this confession business, there is no salvation. There can't be any salvation. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. The word believe means to trust in, to be fully convinced. It also means to acknowledge. And so a personal trust that produces obedience. It takes submission and a positive confession. So for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with confession is made unto salvation. And so the importance and the power of faith's confession. And so God's righteous working on our behalf is appropriated by heart belief and spoken confession. Now the continuing working of of God in our lives is by the same means. The word confess means a public declaration Oral confession declares, it declares, it confirms, it seals the belief. So what I'm doing right here is is I'm trying to give us the spiritual significance 
of confessing the word of God, confessing the name of Jesus and confessing it with faith. So our, our Christian experience, it begins with a confession. That's where we start at. But oftentimes I wonder how many of us stop right there. And if, if you confess Jesus is Lord of your life, but you stop confessing the things of the Bible, you've limited your spiritual growth and you've limited your development. And so I encourage you got to keep confessing. You confess the word. You confess the name of Jesus. Let me give you a little, little God thought right here. You're having what you say and you're saying what you have. Now, I'm going to let the Word of God teach us a little bit more of confession. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Now, think about this. Have, have I stopped confessing the things of, of the Bible? Have I stopped confessing the Word of God? If I have, it's going to stump my growth. Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 1. Therefore, the word therefore means consider... Therefore, holy brethren, holy bre those who belong to God would be holy brethren. Now, here's a question off of that right there. To become known as holy brethren, how did that occur? I had to believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus was Lord. So he says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling." Partakers, you're called to share the life of heaven. How does that look? How does that take place? Consider or think carefully about the apostle. And the apostle here was Christ is, is God's representation to his people. This is what this means. The Lord Jesus was, was God's representation to his people. And the high priest. And the high priest is the people's representation to God. And he says, so consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. So I must fasten my, my thoughts fully onto Jesus. And so when he uses that right here, our confession of the Lord Jesus, a declaration. So I declare out of my mouth that confession that Jesus is my high priest, that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I, I, I look at this word here, confession, and the Greek word for confession in this verse is the exact same Greek word for confession in Romans chapter 10 that we read just a minute ago. Listen to the actual Greek meaning of this right here. To declare openly by way of speaking out. So the only way the confession is alive and well, it is to declare openly by way of speaking out. Turn one, one chapter to Hebrews chapter 4 and look at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a, a great high priest. Now remember the great high priest is, is the highest religious authority. He is the one who's able to bring us in this immediate fellowship with God. And so he says right here, for we have a, a high priest, this great high priest, who has passed through the heavens. He has entered heaven. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast 
let us firmly cling into faith to all we know is true. How? How am I to hold fast? Through my confession. Our confession. So when you see what he's talking about here, Christianity is a confession. Let us hold fast to saying who we are in Christ, what we are in Christ, and what we have because of Christ. Now, in the upcoming weeks, I'm going to take you to Scripture after Scripture that will begin to declare these things, who I am in Christ. So in other words, I can be what the Bible says I can be because of Jesus. I can have what the Bible says I have because of Jesus. And I can do what the Bible says because of Jesus. My faith is measured by my confession. Again, the meaning of confession is to declare openly by way of speaking out. Now, let me ask you, what are you confessing out of your mouth? What are you speaking out of your mouth day by day? Turn a, a, couple, chapter, or a couple chapters to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to give you one more on this. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast, let us hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. The New Living says, let us hold tightly without wavering. Without wavering to what? For he who has promised is faithful. So we hold tightly to our hope, to what we affirm. Our acknowledgement of all his promises. And so what he's talking about, I hold fast. I affirm to all these promises. So the highlight of this is I go into the word of God and I find out everything that the Lord Jesus has promised me and I begin to confess it out of my mouth or I begin to affirm it. And so what affirming mean is it's an affirmation that I speak out of my mouth. Now, this is what he's telling. Let us hold fast to that confession. Let us hold fast to that uh, uh, affirmation, the things I'm affirming. So I encourage you on a daily basis, start affirming who God is. He's the great Jehovah. He's the only God. He's the God who never leaves me nor forsakes me. For, affirm daily on who the Lord Jesus is. Not only is he Lord of my life, because of Jesus, I'm justified. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Affirm that I've been sanctified. I've been set apart. I've been declared holy because of Jesus' blood. I've been washed. I've been consecrated. Here's a good one for you to affirm. In Psalms 107, it says, let the redeemed say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord affirm. Let the redeemed of the Lord confess. Let the redeemed of the Lord. I've got to learn to hold fast to that daily confession. Day by day by day by day. Now, this is a little homework assignment for you. I encourage you to start with maybe three, four, five affirmations. And you may have to write them down on a little three by five cart. But write them down until they really start getting into your heart. And, and learn to affirm those day by day. And then as you study your Bible, you're going to come into scripture that will really speak to your heart. Write those down and then add to your affirmations on a daily basis. That's how I came across Psalm 512. I speak that in. That Father God, you said you bless your righteous and your favor surrounds you like a shield. So again, I'm just affirming what God's promises. This is what Hebrews 10, 23 says. 
Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I just got a couple more passages that I want you to see tonight to really let you get a hold of this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Again, that means that, that just because I, I can't see something with the, the natural eye doesn't mean it's not real. And I highlight our salvation experience. When I give my heart to Jesus, I've never seen Jesus with my physical eye. But because the truth of the word of God I begin to believe that in my heart. And so how did I act on that? I walked by faith and not by sight. I spoke by faith. I confessed by faith. It's something we do on a daily basis. I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind. So just because I've never seen the wind doesn't mean the wind's not real. Especially in West Texas, we know it's real. And so it's the same with the Word of God. To walk by faith and not by sight, this is a Day by day by day by day. So I've got to get in the word. I hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. That's Romans 10, 17. I've got to get into the word. I've got to live by the word of God. Now I'm going to end with this, this passage of scripture here. Go way to the back of the New Testament to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I pray this gets in your heart here tonight. On the areas of, of how powerful my confession is, my tongue. James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith. But let him ask in faith. Not just ask. See, it's one thing to ask. It's another thing to ask in faith. What would asking in faith be? I believe I receive. So he said, but let him ask in faith. With no doubting, with, with no doubting, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. That's, that's Mark 11, 23, uh, 23 and 24. But again, he says, ask in faith with no doubting. The word uh, doubting means to be divided in my decision making. So this is what begins to happen. And, and I, I can share this with you from my own heart. I had this issue. I would ask, and I had two confessions. The first one, I would confess the word of God in my asking, but the second one, I would doubt. And so what begins to happen is when I have two confessions, it's like having positive and negatives. They leave you at zero. And so this was happening in my own life. And so he goes on to say, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the sea. Verse 7, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. What man? The man who gets over and starts doubting because what happens is we become half-hearted. I'm in today and I'm out tomorrow. Walk by faith and not by sight. Verse number 8, 
For he is a double-minded man, a, a person drawn in two opposite directions. His allegiance is divided. He vacillates between disbelief and sometimes thinking that God will help him. He's a double-minded man. And he is unstable in all his ways. So the lack of consistency in his exercise of faith, it betrays my, my, my general character. It's like I, I'm confused. So I struggled with this right here in my life. I struggled holding on my confession of faith. I, 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 I struggled and I struggled. And what I began to learn over and over was that if I didn't keep confessing the word, then oftentimes I would start speaking doubt and unbelief. And when I spoke doubt and unbelief, it literally nullified my first confession. See, for me to walk by faith and not by sight, I just continually speak the word. I speak the word and I speak the word. And so my confession must line up with the word of God. And so an illustration of that tonight that I believe will help you. Years ago, I, I found a promise in the Bible. And I'm to hold firmly to those promises. And one of the ways I hold firmly to them I begin to get my mouth in line with the word of God. So Colossians 1.13 says this. It says, he, speaking of the Lord Jesus, he has, which is past tense, he has delivered me from the power of darkness. And so the same way I got born again, I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth. I had to hold fast and firm on my confession of faith according to Colossians 1.13. And so day by day by day, I would say that out of my mouth. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. And I stayed with it. And I stayed with it. And there were things on the, the outside, the natural. It didn't look like anything was happening. Stay, stay with the word. That's what he's talking about. Hold firmly to your confession of faith. And so just keep speaking what the word of God says. But our human nature is a lot of times we nullify that. And after a few days, because we live in this microwave society, you know what we say? It's not working. It's not working. How many times did we see tonight? Hold firmly, hold fast to that confession of faith. So you keep speaking that over your life and you speak day by day. And what happens? The more I speak the word of God, the more it starts taking root in me. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It didn't say who you had to hear from. When you hear your, uh, your own voice speaking those things, something starts happening on the inside. And I kept speaking. And I kept speaking. Thank you, Father God, you've delivered me from the power of darkness through your Son. I thank you that darkness has no dominion over me. Again, I, I found Scripture. The basis of faith is the Word of God. Always find the, the promises in the Word of God and hold tight to them day after day after day. And so don't mock and say, well, I'm not into that confession business. Well, I do understand the extremes of it. I understand that, but this is not what it's talking about. There is something happens when I begin to speak the word of God out of my mouth 
the name of Jesus out of my mouth. And when you speak the name of Jesus, remember, according to Acts 3.16, it wasn't just the name of Jesus. It said, and faith in the name of Jesus. So I speak it. I speak it. Why don't you bow your head with me and let me pray right now. Father God, we ask right now that your word come alive within every one of our hearts. And Lord, let, let the truth arise in us. Let there be a grace on our tongue tonight, Father, that we confess your word, that we hold firmly to what we've professed. And Father God, I ask right now that as we begin to step out and speak your word, we confess it, we affirm it, that Father God, you grace us. And Holy Spirit, go to work in us in the area of self-control with our tongue in Jesus' name. Now, again, I'm going to give you this last thought. This is Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You put the word in your heart, and then you release it. Remember, the expression of faith comes from my confession. Ooh, I encourage you this week, start speaking the word. Speak the word. And we'll hit it again here in these upcoming weeks just to give you a little bit more. God bless you. I, I pray uh, blessings on you. If you're going to work tomorrow, we give you protection over you. Psalms 91. The rest of you, we really look forward to seeing you again in these upcoming weeks. Be sure and send your prayer requests in. We love to pray for you. We love to stand with you. And we like to hear, with, uh, hear from you what's going on in your life. God bless you. Have a great rest of the evening. And, and again... Speak the word, okay? We're done. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.